0: Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock and I'm your host. Yes, we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to introduce our, our panelists. Yes, we have, the, uh, by popular demand, Corporal David Diagresta, nicknamed the de-escalator. Matter of fact, we've even given the show a name today, right? David, it's it uh, it's day shift with the de-escalator, correct?
1: That That's correct. That's a good one.
0: All right, all right, good. So yes, guys, it, and and Dave and I were talking off camera before the show started. Guys, you picked a good show to watch. That's that's all I can say. Hey, uh, a shout out to our sponsors and uh, guys, please support our sponsors. You know they help make this show available to you guys for free. And uh, and so yeah, hats off to these guys. We have Motion DSP. Gauls, GlobalOrdnance.com, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. Matter of fact, yes, I am drinking the sweet iced tea uh, by Bang Energy. So thanks to uh, Bang for the sweet iced tea and for the fuel. Also, um, we have Brian Burns with the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for hearing our content. And, hey, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media at RedVoiceMedia.com excellent source for stories they're carrying our content as well and you know we're streaming the eight locations right now no youtube is not one of those after they tried to the cancel us we left youtube voluntarily and we went to rumble producer will just sent me a screenshot and man we, we are we're starting to kill it on our stats on on rumble now so yeah we're not missing youtube too much and three of the streams that we've got going on right now belong to red voice media and on those three Facebook pages, we have about a million followers alone. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Uh, guys, uh, interesting lineup. We have a uh, first story is going to be a main topic. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. So, yes, so the main topic is going to be on Police One. It's written by one of our favorites, uh, Ken Wallentine qualified immunity for shooting dog. So, yes, qualified immunity involving shooting a dog. Now, look, we have a lot of naysayers that don't like qualified immunity, but I can say, That almost all of those people don't understand what qualified immunity is, that they don't understand that it does not apply to like criminal laws. It has nothing to do with uh, preventing cops from getting arrested for something they've done, even though that's a rarity. It has nothing to do. It only has to do with civil law and litigation with being sued for something that you did. They don't realize that. And also they don't realize, despite the name being qualified, that cops actually have to qualify for it. They don't get it automatically. Um, it's not like absolute immunity, which is what your prosecutors and your judges get to enjoy, because they get it whether they, well, they don't have to qualify for; it. they get it automatically. So yeah, so that's if you're if you want to pick a battle or something to fight, the uh, the absolute immunity that people get automatically, that's what you should be picking. But anyhow, in this particular story qualifying immunity for shooting a dog, it is uh, Bushman versus Kansas City Police Department. Officers were sent to Brandy Bushman's home after neighbor reported hearing sounds of a domestic disturbance there at the house. So once the officers get there, the neighbor confirmed that he heard yelling, fighting, and breaking glass at the house next door. He told officers there was a dog on the property. He did not think the dog was likely to attack them. So uh, to approach the suspect's house, the officers walk through a dark wooded area. As they approach the house, one officer draws his firearm, the other draws a taser. The officers knock on the door. As soon as the first officer knocks, The officers hear a dog's paws approaching the door along with barking and growling. So it's on the other side of the door, on the inside. So when the door was open, a dog ran directly toward the officer who had his gun drawn. Now, when I say the door was open, it wasn't the officer opening the door from the outside. It was the the, the person on the inside opened up the door from the inside, the same side of the door the dog was on. So the officer fires a single shot at the dog before the dog turned toward the other officer. The officer fired a second shot, killed the dog. Now, Bushman was near the door at the time, but the officers did not see her until later. The officers ultimately concluded the noises that they heard or that the neighbor heard came from another location. It wasn't even this house in the first place, but the officers were operating on for information given by that person. Now, Bushman and her partner, they end up suing. They claim the officer unreasonably seized the dog. Uh, They also asserted that the Board of Police Commissioners policies and customs caused the officer to commit the alleged violation. Now, the trial court granted summary judgment. For the officer and the board, the plaintiffs appeal the decision. The appellate court affirmed the grant of summary judgment based on qualified immunity. Okay, they have to go through all this just to get to that point, right? Because it's qualified. You got to qualify for it. So in the brief moment that was available for the officer to react, and this is a quote from the appellate court. So in that brief moment, um, it was reasonable for him, the officer, to conclude the dog posed a threat to his partner. At a minimum, it was a necessarily quick decision in a gray area where officers were protected by qualified immunity. The behavior of the dog and Bushman, the owner's failure to control the dog at the doorway could lead a reasonable officer to perceive the dog as an imminent threat. So in recent years, and this is how it concludes the article in recent years, many departments have implemented training to help officers avoid unnecessary deaths of dogs. It is now common for officers planning search or arrest warrant operations to consider potential canine threats and non deadly mitigation methods. Wow. More agencies should do this if they're not already. If your agency has not explored such training, consider quote the Law Officer Dog Encounters Training Handbook. It's published by the U.S. Department of Justice the Do the DOJ. So, um, interesting article, David. I know you're a dog. <laughs> lover. You got dogs all over behind the behind the wall. So, oh um, my yeah.
1: goodness, I, you know, I, I can. It, this was in uh, I think Kansas City. I think it was Kansas City Police. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm not. You know, I'm not familiar. I'm not what the what the laws or the statutes there are as far as domestic animals are concerned. Um, also, all I can speak to or my my experience being in Florida is in Florida, dogs are still considered legally simply a possession. It's a, it's prop it's considered property, or they are considered property. Domestic animals are considered property. So the value of that animal. That pet, and we love our dogs. And they're they're priceless to us, our children, all that sort of stuff. But in in court, the the value of that of that pet is basically what you paid for it, or where you got it, or how you bought it, and and all that sort of stuff. So it, my curiosity was th- the article itself. It, it was hysterical to me to, to 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 okay, you're you're suing the department, and the department is going through all these gyrations and hoops over a, a dog that you that this person may or may have not paid okay they paid a thousand dollars for the dog let's say or they got it at the pound for the adoption fee of 50 bucks we're going through this qualified immunity struggle for what it's that was kind of strange and and ken i mean he's a great writer but i thought he was making a joke for a while about this whole article i couldn't It it was, it just seemed a lot of work and legal costs for the value of a, for when you get into the legal standpoint, the value of a dog, no one else was hurt. Uh, You know, we, in law enforcement, there's a lot of things that happen all the time where the agency just says, Hey, well, okay, sorry. We, you know, that the car kicked up a rock and it broke your window. We'll pay for it. No big deal. It's, you know, our bad. No, no, no problem. You know, your, your dog attacked one of our officers. We had to shoot it. You know, we're really sorry. How much? Five hundred dollars. OK, here you go. I mean, it, a lot of these things are kind of the price of doing business in law enforcement. And so that was my question is, OK, why? Why is Kansas City? What was the reason to go through this qualified immunity fight up to the appellate court, um, which was a, a fairly easy win? I, it, it was I agree with the decisions that that's not the point either. It's just the why, what, what was the value that the Kansas city police department was trying to protect against an officer having to shoot a dog. Um, I mean, I've seen it happen. I don't know how many times we've, I mean, I've seen dogs having to be killed and I mean, pit bulls down here in the South attacking cops. I mean, no kidding. Um, But yeah, this was kind of an interesting article. It was, I thought he was making a joke actually for most of it so
0: so our our newest panel member jessica taylor retired lieutenant from seattle police department uh she's actually on you know on the stream uh typing some comments so apparently they have dogs in simulator training in seattle and uh, she's outside and they do it there too so
1: yeah i mean when we were you know doing search warrants that that was yes absolutely that's always a question when you're doing uh your your research we'll call it you know, surveilling the location, getting as much information gathered about the location, the interior layout, layout of a building or a house, all that sort of stuff, the yard, the fence, the locks, the, you know, who's is there a, a a security cage on the front door? All that sort of information that you need to put together a successful search warrant. Part of that was any dogs, you know, any any other animals in the yard next door, or their dogs next door. All that sort of stuff came into play. Yes, but. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. But okay.
0: All right. So uh, well, anyhow, it's um, you know, we love Ken Wallentine. You know, so uh, anyhow.
1: Hey, listen. If if Kansas City felt like they had to set a legal precedent having to do with qualified immunity, then God bless you. But I, I just again. hmm.
0: All right. Well, look. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for the breakdown too. Uh, So look, moving along. Hey, David, have you ever been bit by canine? A yes, knife.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, what, I, I, sl- what, I've, I sleeved a handful of them um, for Tony Tyson and uh, and Chico uh, Menendez.
0: But without without the sleeve is what I'm saying. No, I was smarter than that. Are you I, sure no. you've never yeah. you so you've never had them bite so deep they pull the fat out from underneath your layer of skin and stuff out of the out of the puncture hole and yeah. I mean, no that, that's Jimmy. Can't, that, Chico, Jimmy Menendez's dog, Lancer. Man, I got scars all up and down from uh, working quad with that dog. That dog just loved the bite. That was
1: yeah. Well, you're you're stupid and put your butt in the wrong place at the wrong time. I I never I, I never fell for that.
0: I remember being in a fight on the side of a road, and Jimmy being there holding the canine back. And so when we uh, when we were rolling around, my arm flung out within biting distance of that dog. Next thing I know, yeah, I got the puncture. I got the fat coming out of that hole out of that arm and stuff. And I was just pulling. I remember my Sergeant Caniglio, he was just like about to pass out when I'm like pulling the fat that's coming out of that puncture moon out of it. Yeah, it was, it was that, but I'm, I'm, you know, Lancer's no longer around producer Jimmy. So I have fond memories of him. So every time, every scar that I've gotten, I can show you which ones belong to Lancer. You know, that dog, he lives on in memory because of these scars. So of course, I, uh, chief Newman has a scar that he doesn't get to see very often because it's on his dairy air. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he got a, he got a nice scar, but it's the same dog. Uh, but look, that said, it's time to move on. It's time for our first commercial break as well. So hang with us. We'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. Now, Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with spotlights, one-click audit, admitting tracking feature, and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low quality video in minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products, all these capabilities by simply going to MotionDSP.com. That's MotionDSP.com. Dot com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656. Especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. they city save money on your medication code pace, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So, again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So, you know, I think we've exhausted the main topic, but, you know, our next story at lawofficer.com. Now, is the, uh, in Richmond, Virginia, is it, David, is it called, is it called Loudoun County? Is that how you pronounce it? So in in, in Richmond, well, actually, uh, I've got, heck, my mom's from the Richmond area, um, Loudoun County father, who was arrested at a school board meeting after the superintendent lied about his daughter's rape by a skirt-wearing boy, was granted an absolute pardon. I know you're thinking absolute immunity, right? Similar, right? Absolute pardon on Sunday by Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, and uh, that's in the Daily Wire report at this, so... On, in, in June of 2021, so we're talking a couple years ago, Scott Thomas Smith exercised his constitutional right to attend a public meeting of the Loudoun County School Board to observe the proceedings, which during uh, this time, community members threatened to spread false and malicious information about Smith's business with the intent to damage his reputation. And that's what the pardon says. And, and, and let me tell you, the pardon was written just beautifully after and this is all quotes from the pardon. So after an ensuing verbal confrontation, Scott Thomas Smith was charged with obstruction of justice and disorderly conduct. And Smith was quickly convicted, even though an appeals court later disqualified the prosecutor due to the concerns about the integrity of the prosecution. So it goes on to say, whereas Scott Thomas Smith, who ultimately here, even though he was arrested, he ends up being the victim he's been publicly and falsely accused of domestic terrorism and hate crimes for attempting to advocate for his daughter a victim of sexual assault i have decided and this is governor talking i have decided it is just and appropriate to grant this absolute pardon that reflects scott thomas smith's factual innocence the governor's absolution concludes so it goes on to say now this is the this is thomas so our victim and all this saying i'm thankful that the governor that Yunkin's administration gave me an off-ramp to these charges that never should have happened. It's kind of bittersweet because I really look forward to winning this in court, but unfortunately, our justice system is so screwed up right now that I didn't did not feel that I could potentially get a fair shot in court. Now, a Smith's nightmare circumstances unified parents who were concerned that schools had sacrificed student safety and academic excellence for this new woke ideology. And during Yunkin's, the mayor's campaign for governor or I should say the, uh, Yunkins campaign for governor. It's governor. Now, um, he promised to be a voice for those parents, which helped them lead the victory in a race for the executive mansion. So, uh, a pretty, uh, a feel good story, David, what do you think?
1: Well, it's only feel good. And I haven't kept track of it is, is if every single one of the school board members, the superintendent, all the way down the line have been removed and are no longer, no longer have authority over any other human being, um, other than themselves perhaps. And maybe even not that, um, and I'm hoping that this father and his family and his daughter um, are as well as they can be. And I, I, I again, um, <laughs> congratulations to and He did the right thing. But when you look at it, you look at it from the from the, the other side of it, he's probably trying to keep, he, hopefully, what he's trying to do, I would imagine, is is take a couple of zeros off the check that they're going to have to write this guy and his family for what they put him and his daughter through. In this uh, in this school district, at least I hope so. Um, I hope he has plans to sue the pants off of every one of them, uh, including the superintendent, uh, the prosecutor—you name it. Any of them that don't have automatic and complete immunity, anyways, scumbags um, for what they did to him and his daughter.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see uh, some justification finally happen. Yeah, hopefully he'll get a payday. They certainly deserve it. I mean, he'll—you'll he'll never, especially the daughter. That's who I feel the worst for. You know, she'll never fully recover, but at least you know, in her eye, at least dad did the right thing. So, uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, like everybody. I said,
1: in the end, your own moral justification for being right, um, is, is oftentimes all you can do. It's all you can take back, uh, at least some sort of uh, vindication in that regard, you know, the criminal charges first and then, and then in court being told, yes, these people did you wrong. It's unfortunate. In our society, you talk to civil attorneys. They say that's what we do in our society these days: is you punish people by by making them pay money. Um, you're no longer allowed to say, "Well, just give me five minutes in a room alone with them." That's all I want. I don't want money. And <laughs> yeah. but I was told you can't do that anymore. So it's money, and hopefully yeah. that's that's the punishment gets the, that punishment gets meted out sooner rather Imagine than later.
0: Mm. Well, guys, uh, or. Well, thanks, Dave. You know, we're getting ready to cover a couple of stories that have video components. So look for our our audio listeners, radio and podcast. We'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And look, our we're, we're nationally syndicated, 36 radio stations across the country. We're live during this lunch hour, 12 to 1 o'clock Eastern time on the Boss Talk Radio Network. So they have seven stations in the Florida area. But we're also on the additional stations, you know, and they're curious after, you know, after we go live. this. So it'll be delayed on those stations. Uh, but in addition to all that, you know, the stream's going out to eight locations, like I previously said at the beginning of the show. Uh, so, you know, in addition to our live show, it's too difficult to, th- to show live videos, you know, for our video, you know, watchers that are watching the stream and stuff. So, when we do a produced version of this show, um, the next day at nine o'clock in the morning, producer Will puts us up at rumble.com. It is our, you know, our Leo Roundtable channel. So, if you want to watch the videos, all you got to do is the next day at nine o'clock in the morning at rumble.com, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, the Leo Roundtable channel, just simply watch our show and the vid- the videos will be embedded into the show along with pictures of the good guys, the bad guys. So live show Monday through Friday, 12 to one o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And the produced version with the videos embedded Tuesday through Saturday, starting at nine o'clock in the morning on a Rumble channel. That's how it works. So this particular story at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, who's actually on the stream conversing with us now. LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department. They release the videos or videos of a wild chase of a stolen, uh, it is a, a DWP, so it's Department of Water and Power vehicle that results in a police shooting. Continued up a steep, narrow
1: driveway and rammed the vehicle he was driving through a secure metal gate into a secondary parking lot. After entering the secondary lot, Ramirez stopped, reversed, conducted a turn back toward the metal gate and proceeded back down the driveway. Ramirez then accelerated his vehicle toward two of the pursuing police vehicles approaching in the driveway and intentionally struck them, injuring two officers before colliding with an uninvolved occupied van that was stopped in a parking lot nearby.
0: Uh, guys, uh I'm smiling because I remember what's going on in the video. I mean there are so many shooting sequences and ramming in this video. And of course, producer Jimmy starts the music because we got a, our second commercial break coming up. Uh, but this is it. stick with this. We're describing great detail what's going on. David's going to grind out a molar or two on this one. I can't wait to hear David's coverage of this. It's going to be great. So stick around for this, David. You're going to help me out with the next commercial. We got a commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys. Yes, it's time to talk about Galls at Galls.com/slash Leo. If you've been watching our show for any amount of time, you're aware of the new Galls. You know, no longer these. Huge print catalogs going through the mail. They got way too much stuff for that now. So Gauls.com slash Leo has all their gear and it's cool. And they are also the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as panelists, Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. And uh, David, I think we're going to do a Gals contest today. If people simply type in Gauls uh, on the stream, they'll, they'll have a chance to win the $50 gifts card. But what's going on at Gauls oh, this, okay. uh, today, it's this cute. week?
1: you're doing this doing this the uh the the promotion cool um you know the the deal destination is the place to go there's no major deals going on right now on the front page other than the 15 percent off if you sign up for that covers your shipping but a lot of stuff 511 tactical bags gulls boots eyewear from bole um a lot of mole gear uh, dot
0: com slash Leo. Yes, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. out of time. Yeah. Hey, so it breaks us to our you know our next sponsor. It's globalordnance.com. Hey, they're your ultimate destination for ammo. So go the GlobalOrdnance.com, and because they provide high quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs, ensuring precision, reliability, and unmatched performance. So for a limited time only, they're offering free shipping on ammo orders over 200 dollars with their exclusive coupon code, which is Leo Roundtable. So visit Global. Uh, ordinance.com today. Explore the white selection of ammo and use coupon code Leo Roundtable. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. LAPD released videos of a wild chase of a stolen. It is a Department of Water and Power vehicle that results in a police shooting. It's just a truck, just a big truck. August 9th, 2023. So, Uh, just last month around 5.50 in the afternoon. So right around that rush hour time, right? LAPD foothill officers received multiple radio calls ranging from a hit and run, traffic collision to a reckless driver and driving this Department of Water and Power vehicle. So when the officers get there, their preliminary investigation determines the crime committed was an assault with a deadly weapon by a vehicle and broadcast a vehicle description as a white full size sport utility truck, basically. Responding officers search the area. They locate this truck and a pursuit ensues. So the suspect, later identified as tw- 28-year-old Manuel Ramirez, enters the uh, five freeway. And during the pursuit, Ramirez collides with two uh, two other vehicles that are not involved with the p- pursuit. Ramirez, our bad guy, fails to stop. Continues on the road. Exits at a uh, at an exit. And when he exits, he drives into a multi-unit business parking lot with no access to passage. So he's pretty much in like a dead end. He continues up a steep, narrow driveway, ramps through a security metal gate into a secondary parking lot. Ramirez conducts a U-turn. And remember, all the the Calvary's behind him has been chasing him, right? So he does a U-turn, accelerates the vehicle towards the officers, and intentionally strikes two occupied police vehicles and an uh, uninvolved van uh, that was occupied by a citizen. Ramirez's vehicle comes to a stop, and the officers... Tactically approached, and and there's an officer-involved shooting. But, hey, it's not over. By any stretch of the imagination, Ramirez fails to surrender, accelerates the vehicle towards the officers, which results in a second officer-involved shooting. Then our bad guy, Ramirez, continues to drive a short distance, and the vehicle comes to a stop. Officers verbalize uh, with Ramirez to surrender with no success. When he barricades himself in the vehicle, they call out the Special Weapons and Tactics team. So they get there. They take Ramirez into custody without further incident. Ramirez was struck by gunfire during uh, one of the shootings, at least. He was transported to a local hospital, treated for his injuries, and then released and booked. Three officers were injured during the incident. Two officers injured during the collision. They were treated at the scene for their injuries. One officer was treated at a local hospital. He's been released. The investigation revealed that the truck was determined to be an unreported stolen vehicle, which, which happens. Um, so uh, all that said, David, break this down for Did, us. Can, can you hear the music in the background? Oh, I can hear it.
1: Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, the 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 LAPD clown show. God, where do you start? The now, all things being equal, I believe what has happened in LA at, at the LAPD is that the leadership and those that you can't see me. I'm throwing up massive air quotes around the, the term leadership. At LAPD has has so successfully uh, emasculated, uh, neutered, whatever you want to call it, the cops on the street from being able to do their job properly that nobody there can do anything without getting prior supervisory approval or some other sort of stupidity. So that being said, the cops in the pursuit they're they're doing they're doing a good job. You have a, a probably at least a seventy five hundred pound vehicle, and this is a big truck a 7,500-pound SUV that has been identified as have been having been used in an aggravated assault. So you have someone who who their intention is to hurt people, hurt and or kill people. That includes cops. So already you're in a situation where deadly force is justified right there on the spot to stop this person from hurting another cop, from hurting another citizen. And that's your duty as an officer to do that. Pursuit starts. Guys are doing a good job. They, they he, the, the guy runs into a place where you think they've got him hemmed in. Not so much when a seventy-five hundred pound vehicle is coming downhill at you at speed. Cops start getting out of the vehicles, try to get away, get away from this thing. <laughs> and of course, the, there was one cop in, in one of the cars that that didn't want to lose, didn't want to leave their cell phone behind, so jumped out with that in their weapons hand instead of their pistol being in their hand. They got their phone in their hand. I can't lose my phone. I can't live without my phone. And out the car they go with that. I don't know who that was. Um, one cop actually had to start to get out and realized I'm not gonna make it. Dove back in the car and took the hit in the car as this SUV plowed through and over these two vehicles. Now, now you've just you've just solidified deadly force right here on the, at this point. I don't care what what's gonna happen, but at, at from this point forward, every officer that's involved. Every report that is written by every officer involved in this should have the term mag dump somewhere in the report. But no. So they they on foot now. They chase this vehicle down this little hill into this other parking lot. It kind of comes to a stop. Three officers begin to go. It is a tactically tactically approach. Crap. (laughs) That's Yeah, no, not so much. They dance toward the car, shoot a few times lose their will, lose their courage, <clears throat> lose their focus, whatever you want to call it, and start dancing backwards away from this vehicle. And then they're screaming, stop, stop, don't stop, oh, stop, shoot, don't shoot. Yeah, bull crap. At this point, I am doing nothing but advancing and firing on this vehicle until this guy is dead. And I know he's dead. And I'm not going to stop firing until that threat has been neutralized at that point and none other. There done finished he has proven himself to be a threat to everyone and everything a deadly threat i am not going to stop i am not going to back up i'm going to force my way forward and kill this guy in the passenger seat of this vehicle while i have the chance because what happens yeah you know it everybody <laughs> backs up ho, ho. and they line all their cars up in front of this you know around this vehicle looking at it and they open all the doors to the cars and they're standing behind the doors of the cars with their guns drawn. Oh, we're ready, we're ready. Boy, it was a wall,
0: David. It was a wall. Right. Exactly. The white I'm wall. thinking
1: <laughs> are, is, it, you guys are getting your tactics from what 1980s police <laughs> movies or something? Hiding behind the doors of your cars? How long has that been been misproven as any sort of cover whatsoever? If he had a gun, which they didn't think that he did, they had no they had nothing. But they're hiding and as other cars pull up, they immediately open the doors and stand behind them. And I'm going. And I'm watching this going, what are you doing? Okay, fine, whatever. Then the supervisor shows up. (laughs) And I understand that what they're doing now is they're they're promoting people that are of the same mindset as the idiotic leadership that's above them. So this guy starts to yell and scream that I'm the instant commander, I'm the instant commander on scene, I'm the answer commander on scene, and he starts throwing <laughs> out all these different orders. You do this, you do that, and you can see the cops look at him going, "What? What? What? Are we, what? Are, what? Are, what's going?" on? And confusion ensues. And then the idiot on scene commander makes the fatal mistake, <laughs> the stupidest thing he could possibly do. He <laughs> mocks and taunts the god of Murphy's law, and he says out loud. Oh, don't worry about that vehicle. Instead of going up and pinning this thing in with a bunch of cars, I oh, don't worry about that vehicle. It's it's disabled. It's not going anywhere. And as soon as that came out of his mouth, I knew at that moment, you guys better run because that car's coming. And sure than crap, two seconds later, he's he's walking around now. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And all of a sudden, this, you hear the engine rev up, and this guy comes flying toward these cops. Second, OIS starts right there as they're shooting at this guy. As he once again plows through all the opened vehicle doors, guys are literally having to dive out of the way to get to save themselves. It was absolutely amazing. This this seventy five plus vehicle goes blasting through these police cars again, and down the road it goes with a whole, with almost the whole squad chasing it on foot. After he told, uh, the on scene incident commander told two guys that were in the front lines, the two cars in front. Okay, if this starts again, you're going to be primary, you're going to be secondary. Really? They're going to turn their vehicles around and chase this? uh, It was, play the music again, Jimmy. That, 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 I mean, unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable.
0: (laughs) Wow. That was a great, Great breakdown there. Well,
1: fi- and then finally, to end, to, to end it all, the car goes about another two blocks down the street. They all chase it on foot. It finally comes to a stop after hitting yet another ve- civilian vehicle. They surround it again. Now it's not moving. The guy's been shot a couple of times. He's not in the greatest shape. And still, still, a couple they can't get a shield and a couple of guys to go up and, and, and end this thing. They got to sit there and wait for SWAT to come. To surround this thing and do some other big operation to take this guy into custody. Absolute clown show. I, I mean, I, I cannot. It's just it was astounding to watch this this stupidity um, or ineptness. Uh, just a total loss. You, I thought I thought NYPD was a lost cause. LA is in solid competition for that. And um, with, I'm sure, Seattle and Portland. Sorry, Jessica, right in coming right up, taking bringing up the the, the second place and second and third places without a doubt. Just amazing
0: wow yeah i uh that that yeah david you owe you owe me for selecting this video because i tell you i i have been laughing so hard while you've been doing your breakout that i have actually tears coming out of my eyes it's been and with the commentary we're getting from our streamers it, it's been great so uh so thanks hey it's time for our last commercial break <laughs> we'll be right back you know guys no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know Uh, You know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, though, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a competent, safe, and certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. and You can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm-knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com dot com. That's gunlearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, uh, David, fantastic breakdown on the last story. I can't wait to hear you on the next one. And, and and just to our our users, you know, our our viewers and listeners and stuff. I think I've got David talked into doing a LinkedIn profile. Yes, because I know a lot of you guys. David's laughing, but a lot of you guys, you know, follow David. You know, it is, it is day shift with a de-escalator, by the way, you know, so, uh, but assuming that we can make that happen, then you guys, it'll be like a one-stop shop. You know, you go to his LinkedIn profile, there'll be links to all the videos that he's doing on Leo round table underneath it and stuff. You guys can reach out to him if you want to, um, hire him if you want to, as a guest speaker, you know, he's a fantastic entertainer as you, as you already I'm, know.
1: I'm, I'm frightened. It's, it's
0: very frightening. So, so, David, I, I can see it now. They're going to call you on stage, and they're going to want you to like you're, you. You'll be famous for like grinding out molars on the stage yeah. in front of a live audience. I, I can see that coming.
1: I'll, I'll be famous, famous for about three minutes. That's what I'm gonna yeah. be famous for.
0: <laughs> so we'll see. Well, I'll keep you posted on on us making that happen. So, look, that takes us to our next story, and we're we're still at Rumble.com, still on our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. Body cam footage from the San Francisco PD. Yeah. So we're not in LA. We're in San Francisco now, and it shows an officer shooting a man who was armed with a knife. So uh, again, San Francisco. So. San Francisco police on Thursday, they released audio and video recordings of an encounter between police officers and a guy that was in their tenderloin neighborhood saying that the man approached officers with a knife in his hand before police shot and they wound him. They didn't kill him. They wounded him. So four officers arrive at the scene. 911 caller tells dispatchers that Richard Everett, he's 54 years old, uh, he was threatening people with a large knife. So officers are dispatched uh, to the scene. It's 1022 p.m. in the evening. So video from the first officer responding shows the officer he makes contact with Everett, our bad guy, who police said was near the west sidewalk on the street. The video shows the officer telling people to move away from the scene while also commanding Everett to put the knife down several times. But, of course, our bad guy refuses to drop the knife, right? So after several minutes of unsuccessful negotiations, additional footage shows Everett picking a double bag up and a milk crate, and he begins to move towards the officers. He has the knife in his right hand. So as Everett, our bad guy, approaches the perimeter that the officers had established, because you know you want to, they're trying to contain this guy. So when he's getting ready to break that perimeter, two of the officers end up shooting him with extended range impact weapons called ERIWs. Uh, so they're they're less lethal, but have a uh, they're anyhow they're extended range non less lethals. Following the deployment of these of these these less lethals. Um, two other officers at the scene fired their handguns, which were not less lethal. They were lethal, but, uh, but apparently he still lived. Anyhow, they struck our bad guy. He falls to the ground and lays on his stomach. The officers just shot Everett, officer Gabriel Ortega and officer Russell Lucha, both patrol officers assigned to the tenderloin station. Uh, they disarm Everett began providing aid. They transport him to a local hospital. He remains in police custody. So he did survive. So even though it's lethal, wasn't really lethal, David, you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, you know, they, they,
0: they listen.
1: I, I have to go back. Um, I'm sitting here watching a video from San Francisco expecting again oh, yeah. another, another, another clown show. And, and these guys did a, a fantastic job. I, I was sitting there going, you, wow. Okay. Nicely done. I mean, you, you know, you could, they had this guy, obviously he was uh, mentally unstable, no doubt uh, on the sidewalk. They set up a perimeter. It wasn't the, it wasn't the greatest. They, they had a little gap in it. Um, and, and, did what they could to try to de-escalate the situation um verbally. The guy wasn't having anything of it and into it. And when, when he picked up his stuff, you could tell uh that he was getting ready to move his bag and his um his uh milk crate. And I was wondering, did he take the milk crate to try to block what he knew the what, what he knew was coming as far as the less lethal stuff? Because that's what he did with it. He was using it as a shield. And he headed for the only gap in the in the perimeter, which was on the on that. If you from the, the view of the video on the right side, uh, there was a gap there, and that's what he was heading for. The guy with one of the guys with the beanbag round shotgun, whatever they want to call it out there, some fancy name for it, um, moved over, filled the gap, and and looked like he dumped his mag on him. Uh, you know, for beanbags, it looked like he he shot the guy or tried to shoot the guy at least three times with the with beanbag rounds. And of course he's got his bag the, the bad guy's got his bag and the milk crate up in front of him you know blocking it and once that's over with he, he that stuff comes out of the way and he's got the knife in his hand and he's he's coming Now you you saw the uh the guy with the beanbag uh shotgun at that point he couldn't get it out of his hands he he did, at that at that point you could see the oh crap it didn't work what do I do now moment in this on this guy's face this cop's face and he just kind of started backing up, still holding on to the shotgun, the worthless, less lethal shotgun, less than lethal shotgun. And and was just he didn't know what to do. The other two cops that were there with him then did what they needed to do and put the guy on the on the on the pavement, which was done nicely. Um, I've talked about it before. If you're going to have that sort of situation and the person the person on less lethal had better trust the guys that are on lethal that are behind him to cover him when when this exact thing happens. Because if not, that guy with the knife would have reached the guy with the shotgun and that would have been ugly because the guy with the shot, the less lethal shotgun couldn't get it out of his hands. He couldn't transition for whatever reason. And the reason that it was worth pointing out that there was a gap in the perimeter is because the idea of that perimeter was to keep him in that box that I've talked about before. You've got to keep these people in the box. You don't let them out. And that perimeter allowed him to or that gap in that perimeter over there allowed him to get out of the box. They had him in a good shooting position inside that containment. But once he breached it, then the bullets were kind of going at a a bad angle just slightly down the street, which wasn't optimal. But overall, considering the circumstances that they were faced with and trying to deal with this guy who very suddenly got up and started to move. It wasn't as if he you could. it wasn't as if. He started working himself up and you're looking at his body language going, okay, here it comes. Oh, he's getting himself worked up. It was pretty sudden. He just all of a sudden decided, I'm not staying here anymore, grabbed his crap and took off running or took off for that gap in the perimeter, which then they had to shift and fill, which caused the delay, which caused him to be allowed to get a little bit out of that, further out of that perimeter than I would have liked before they had to do it, before they put him down. But again, overall for San Francisco, they did a, a wonderful job on this. I hope they don't get any heat for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you never know. In, in that clown, that clown circus out there, uh, where that's going to go with with the prosecutors and stuff. What's his name? Gascon. Is he still out there somewhere? Those idiots. You, you just never know. Um, so, but but again, I whew, good good job, guys. I mean, overall, it's like astounded. San Francisco. Wow.
0: Who to thunk? Hey, hey, so so David, I want to get this in real quick. I think we got time. We got two minutes. But a law officer.com. Uh, and thanks for the breakdown on that. That was that was that was perfect. Ann Kirkpatrick, um, she's going to be going to the uh, New Orleans Police Department, and of course, you know they've got some issues in New Orleans. But um, I saw the picture; of her, I recognized the name, and I said, "Man, I know this girl." So, um, New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell is expected to name Ann Kirkpatrick as their her selection for the city's next police superintendent. And this is according to the WWLTV. So, the police chief uh, retread it still needs to be approved by city council. Protect, per, uh, Kirkpatrick uh, was at Memphis Police Department, Redmond Police Department, uh, Ellens, Ellensburg Police, Federal Way Police, Spokane uh, Police in Washington, King County uh, Sheriff's Office. Um, she's done some leadership and stuff with the FBI. But then you might remember her from being hired by Chicago Police Department in 2014 and uh, then Oakland Police Department, which is where she was run off by that. Um, it was the, the Citizens Police Commission made up by convicted felons, right? She had a little thing with them. And uh, Mayor Libby Schaaf was there, and it was the Oakland Police Commission unanimously voted to fire her back in 2020, and now she's going to be in charge of uh, New Orleans. So your thoughts on that, David? 48 seconds.
1: You know, everybody yells and screams about, oh, these officers can move around from agency to agency, and nobody knows what they did here, there, and all this sort of stuff. She's been at eight, if I counted them, eight different agencies. Eight. And now they're going to hire it or hire her at another perhaps troubled agency in New Orleans. Uh, okay, but I yeah, I'm, that's kinda, ew, i that's kind
0: of ooh stinky. I good luck to you. Keep her in New Orleans. Now is it is it stinky or is it stanky? What which, which how do you, you pronounce, pronounce that, David?
1: Flip a coin on that one. Whichever you prefer.
0: Are we? I didn't get beat by Jimmy, so I think we're good with the stanky. Yeah, you're fine. That's good. Okay, stanky oh, good. is that's yeah. perfectly acceptable? As a matter of fact, I even like it. All right. And thanks for the little music that you threw in too. Yeah, you know, that was pretty good, Jimmy. That's my job. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, uh, a great show. Thanks, David. Last words, David, um, that you wanna that you want to say to your, your day ship with the escalator, de escalator uh, crowd.
1: Man, keep your eyes out for the LinkedIn account. That's all I'll say. All right. Maybe, Par- maybe possibly.
0: <laughs> that's what I want to hear. Hey, uh, at this time, I just want to mention the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue dot org. Lieutenant Randy Sutton. He's a panelist on the show. Retired from Las Vegas Metro Police Department, and he started the Wounded Blue, at the WoundedBlue dot org. That's helping cops out in a world of hurt, suffering so from. Uh, PTSD and other issues that they're not getting help from the department at or maybe not even being offered disability retirement out. So the Wound of Blue at the WoundedBlue.org. they will not embarrass you. And it's a great organization to be associated with. Now, a shout-out again to our sponsors, Motion DSP, galls globalordinance.com, gunner.com, on medicare.live. Bang Energy, thanks for the fuel. Also, Brian Burns with Tampa, uh, with TampaFP.com, which is the free press, and RedVoiceMedia.com. And that's with Ray Dietrich. Hey, guys, thanks for the support. Support our sponsors. And look, we will see you guys tomorrow. Have a wonderful and safe day, guys.